Here we are. A new month, month of February. Uh, yep. Getting started with the new month, anticipating the feast of the presentation of the Lord, or Epapandi, the meaning of the Lord. Yeah. We did not have a episode for January, Correct. Uh, a, a main episode. And so, Father Bryce, uh, what happened there? Oh, I, I mean, I was very sick. Yes, we had recorded. Yes. We had recorded on the second, and then mm -hmm. I got very sick on the third. And right. so, uh, the editing did not happen right and then what happened oh you're referring to the great uh coffee disaster of 2024 of course yes uh, i'm sure everybody can feel there's something different there's just something it feels different right now i'm, I'm sure that it's coming across uh and everybody's like wow this is seems different and new and uh, I, I can't quite put my finger on it that's because uh i have a new laptop uh because last week my previous laptop and a cup of coffee achieved a level of intimacy that a laptop and a cup of coffee never should they, and, they uh, achieved the hypostatic union they did achieve a hypostatic union uh, I took it to the Genius Bar at my local Apple Store, rushed it there uh, as as though in a in an EMT vehicle, and uh, the guy took it back and he came out. And I think I think though it was not with glee, there was a certain pleasure he took in getting to say this. Yeah, which I do not begrudge him at all because it yeah. was pretty funny. He said, yeah. "Well." It hit the fan, literally. Your coffee went in and hit your computer fan, which lovingly distributed that coffee uh, to all of your major components. <laughs> so your GPU and your CPU and your RAM and your hard drive are all done. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and maybe your monitor. And so in fact, the repair would have been more than a new computer. Thank God for uh, renter's insurance. Uh, <laughs> because because i have a new computer without uh any pain uh so so that's that's what you're hearing everyone that new sound that light sound that mm -hmm. uh, fresh sound that's the sound of recording on a new laptop so well then let me ask you then uh are you going to drink coffee while working on the laptop in the future or? yes i think i think so the problem the problem was uh, manifold. I was working at my church office uh, where I don't often have coffee and I had the mug positioned much in a, in a very silly manner mm -hmm. uh, because I was, it was unfamiliar territory. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be more strategic when we have coffee near the laptop uh, in the future. Yes, for and sure. We, and we advise all of you good, good and dear listeners to do the same. Yes, while while drinking coffee and listening to the church coffee pod, be careful with that coffee, everyone. Mm -hmm. It is both a gift and a dangerous thing. That's right. So yeah. you are listening to Church Coffee Pod. I'm Father Gregory, and I'm Father Bryce, and uh, welcome to 2024 again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, uh, how's things going up there in the great state of Michigan? 
things are good. Many are rejoicing at the weather we are having. Uh, mm. It is quite warm today. Mm-hmm. I went out in just a jacket earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, I had other clothing on. I went out in a jacket, not <laughs> I don't need, my... I don't know that you needed to clarify. Win- <laughs> not my winter coat. Yes. I went out without a winter coat, just a light spring jacket earlier, and uh, and was quite comfortable. Maybe even, you know, maybe didn't even need the jacket. So yeah. uh, many are rejoicing. Yeah. It makes me a little sad that that's the state of things on February 1st, being, yeah. a, being a Michigander through and through i'm i'm this is kind of it should still be pretty cold and to some i suppose miserable for quite a while yet Uh uh-huh well you know for me the sun came out today we haven't seen the sun in a very long time Mm -hmm. so i was very grateful for that in fact when i was driving to uh, the church and then i had a hospital visit uh, the sun was actually hurting my eyes because i had become like a mole from how <laughs> cloudy it had been, I think the I think the whole month of January the sun never came out. So uh, yeah, so it has reappeared on February one, and that's kind of fun because uh, February second, you know, Epapandi, the meeting of the Lord. There is again a connection with light. Mm. Um, the light that you know more light is coming out in in the uh, Christian West. It's called Candlemas. Uh, candles are blessed. Uh, uh-huh. on the feast day of the presentation of the Lord. In Germany, there was the whole thing with Groundhog, um, which actually yeah. had a connection with the church in the liturgical year historically. You know, the six weeks of more winter he was going to see were the six weeks of Lent oh. uh, that were coming up right after the feast of the presentation, so or the meeting right of the Lord. The feast of the Groundhog. Yeah, and of course, in the Northern Hemisphere, the, the daylight does kind of start becoming more prevalent starting February 2nd, even if it's very cold still. Yes. Um, so that, that is a thing uh, there. And so, uh, of course, you know, Groundhog's Day, you know, it came over to America and all of a sudden has nothing to do with the presentation of the Lord or Lent or anything, just a groundhog potentially seeing his shadow or not. So And Bill Murray. Yes, and Bill Murray, which is an excellent movie. Yeah. All right, so I thought we would talk a little bit about uh, today a passage that we had in the church a few Sundays ago. It okay. was part of the epistle reading, or was the whole epistle reading. It's from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And this brought up something you and I have kind of been talking about, and I think probably it's a conversation that's coming up more in many of our parishes. As, yeah. um, you know, as we've talked about before, you were serving as the assistant priest here. Uh, at Holy Trinity, and then you were reassigned to uh, assume as the Prois Dominos, the role of the Prois Dominos, the presiding priest uh, there in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there has not been an assistant priest uh, assigned to replace you yet. And I am not the only uh, priest in that <laughs> situation no, across our no. archdiocese. Uh, that's happened uh, quite a bit, and that's kind of the yeah. situation we're in right now. And so it's got a lot of us thinking about ministry. And so just to set this up, if you were to ask a lot of our people in our churches, who does ministry in the church, what do you think the prevailing answer would be? (laughs) I think that the answer would be the priest. Which is not incorrect. Sure. But is not the total answer. It's not complete. It is not the total answer. So let's look at this passage real quick from Ephesians, and maybe we can springboard off of it to kind of talk about this. Yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm in Ephesians 4, uh, starting with verse 7, and just reading from the uh, Orthodox Study Bible, which for the New Testament is just the New King James. Uh, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, 
When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I'm just going to stop there. Of course, yeah. in typical Pauline fashion, the sentence keeps going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it goes for several more verses. But I think that covers, and I think that may have been the actual epistle reading that particular Sunday uh, mm. in its totality when it came up. So just kind of starting, it starts off talking about grace according to Christ's gift. And then it starts to talk about, it mentions uh, his descent, his taking captivity captive, which I think is a reference to the harrowing of Hades right. and the liberation that takes place through his glorious resurrection. Yep. But it also talks about the ascension and he gave gifts to men. This kind of makes us think also of Pentecost and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it says then kind of in verse 11, and he himself, meaning Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? So yeah. when we think of the clergy, we probably think mostly of the last two. Yeah. Um, although the the hierarchs are fulfilling the role of the apostles in a sense in that apostolic succession, mm-hmm. um, they have that apostolic ministry, and so the priest does by extension, to some degree, from the bishops. Mm-hmm. There are prophetic. We tend to think today probably maybe more of the prophetic role often in the monasteries, um, but. Even in the parishes, in in the among the clergy and things like that, there definitely have been people that have had that spirit of, of prophecy in different ways. Prophecy doesn't yeah. always just mean predicting the future, as some right. people may think of it. It's not just like always like your Nostradamus type uh, <laughs> scenarios, right? But but also right. speaking, proefi means to speak to. Yeah. So to speak prophetically can also be to uh, to deliver a tough message to someone in a powerful position, for example. Or, yeah. or a message to the people of God that they need to hear, uh, yeah. whether they want to or not. Yeah, I kind of always define, you know, a prophet is somebody who speaks the word of God. Yeah. And that may, that may pertain to future events, but mm-hmm. I think, I, you know, I'm kind of not speaking as a biblical scholar or, or having done a right. recent survey of this, but I believe more often than not, prophecy is about a present existing yes. reality. As, as it does not pertain to the will of God, but that the people have strayed from, yes. from God's desire for them. Yeah, it, uh, no, absolutely. Often the majority of the messages the prophets had to give were addressing what was happening at that time. And, right. um, you, know, the, you know, Abraham Heschel has that beautiful work on the prophets, and right. he talks about how um, the prophets are kind of, you know, those that bear witness to the counsel of God um, mm-hmm. in that sense, in the divine counsel, they, they hear and see kind of what God is going to do or what God is doing. And then they have to bear witness to that, to the people. Yeah. And then they often also, after a period of time, especially then stand 
and see the suffering of the people and they stand in the place of the people and bear witness to them back to God. Mm. Uh, and we see this especially like in the prophet Moses, um, yeah. where he's constantly delivering God's message to the people, but then when when God threatens to judge the people in a very real way uh, at that time, <laughs> Moses kind of stands in the gap and says, well, then uh, you have to take me out too. And, yeah. and so uh, the text often talks about God relinquishing that, that judgment uh, because of Moses. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so the prophets have that role as well. But I think for most, most of our priests, we tend to think most of the last two, they're pastors and teachers. Sure. But I, I think... Not to say they don't have an apostolic and prophetic role, but... Right. The, the key word that, that I think we're, we're looking for, uh, that we really want to highlight today, we see a couple of times. Uh, mm-hmm. One is in verse 7, where we started, right? Grace was given to each one of us mm-hmm. according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then in verse 13, where you ended, right? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity and the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Right. So what wedged in the middle there, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a great setup. You know, we have grace at the beginning of this reading. Yep. Grace at the end. And then wedged in the middle there after that, verse I was just talking about, you have, he gave some, not all, some are obviously not everyone's an apostle, not everyone's a prophet, not everyone's a pastor, not everyone's a teacher. He right. gave that to some. Why? For the equipping of the saints. Mm-hmm. So for here, when Paul is talking about the apostle, Paul's talking about saints, he's talking about basically baptized believing Christians. Right. He's talking about the people that are in the church there. Right. Saint, saint for Paul is everybody who's in the church. Yeah. Right. That's his, his typical uh, mm-hmm. opening and, of a letter is to the saints at and, Ephesus. And I would or I would wherever say and then you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm step out on a limb here, not too much, but I, you know, the, the baptized <laughs> because of that word I ye consecrated, dedicated to God. So through our baptism right. we are we are consecrated to God in that way. We are dedicated to the service and the work of the Lord. You are not you know, you are not your own, you are bought with a price. Right. Um, he says in another place. And so, right. so um, he's not, he's not talking about a, an elite group here. He's not talking mm-hmm. about a specific group here. Mm-hmm. He's talking about all those who have been baptized into Christ and, and yeah, uh, and, and are living the faith in the life of the church. And he says, yep. so, so the gifts of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher mm-hmm. is given to some so that they can equip all of those, right. all of those baptized Christians. Why? For the work of ministry. Yeah. And so let, let's talk about that for a little bit. So everyone then is called to the work of ministry. Yeah. And what does that look like? And how does that look? It does, if, does it look different for the priest? How does it look different for the priest? I mean, it does in some sense. Sure. I think that's a, that's a point that Paul makes consistently mm-hmm. is that, you know, he has more uh, kind of more robust lists mm-hmm. that he has of the gifts, right? Um, administration is one of them. And, yeah. you know, it's there's... There's all different kinds of gifts that Paul talks about, but it is clear here and elsewhere that that it is every single person who is given a gift, whatever that gift may be, mm-hmm. for the, you know, as he says here specifically, for the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, maybe one thing that we need to talk about here is besides kind of dispelling the idea that, or or in our task of dispelling the idea that only priests do ministry, mm-hmm. is to kind of talk about what ministry means. So 
Paul, at least in in this verse, and I haven't you know I haven't done a word study here, but the Greek is ergon diakonias, works mm-hmm. of service. Yeah. So that's as kind of as broad and as vague as as it sounds, right? That could be works of service to the church, to to the to the to taking care of the you know the physical structure of the church, to taking mm-hmm. care of the people of the church, mm-hmm. to serving those outside of the church to doing you know what we hear in the uh, the gospel of matthew to feeding the hungry and clothing mm-hmm. the naked and giving drink to the thirsty and visiting the sick all of those things are you know ergo and diaconias yeah and and all are called to those well and he keeps going too though so right so he says for yeah. the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry ergo and diaconias yep why again for the edifying of the body of christ so the edifying is, I'm going to guess the word is uh, from ecodomio or ecodomo, like the building up. That might it be. Is. Ecodomine, yep. yep. Yeah, so so literally like in the sense of a structure, how a structure is erected. Ecos, yep. you know. Uh, so the building up of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And what is that? Obviously, that's the, the church. Right. We are also called, everyone is called to minister to each other. Yeah, with the gifts that they have been given, yes, yeah. and and minister in that case means to serve. Yeah, you know that takes us back to like the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah, and offer his life as a ransom for many. The washing of the feet of the disciples. Yeah, where he says, you know, you you will do as I am doing to you now. The greatest of all must be servant of all. So right. so we have this this kind of giving us this setting the stage then for the work of ministry. All the baptized are called to the work of ministry. The role of the, the priest in the church, one of the roles of the priest is to equip the people for the work of ministry, mm-hmm. for the building up of the body of Christ. So again, what, what, that, what might that look like, practically speaking, in our churches today? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of those things that I mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew mm-hmm. that we are all called to do out of the vision of God and humanity that Christ displays to us. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, unfortunately, has been relegated to kind of a few. Mm-hmm. Not always just to the priest, but mm-hmm. to a few. Mm-hmm. Yes, teaching uh, is given to kind of specific people. Not everybody is a teacher, and that's sure. okay. You know, right. It requires some training, again, going right. back to, right? But anybody can give food to the hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, any, anybody can can go and visit those in the hospital or prison or whatever. So there's, like I said earlier, there's just kind of like this idea around ministry, like that's a that's a separate thing that only a few people are supposed to do, uh, and it's kind of no, uh, yeah, yeah. You're 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 in some sense your baptism is your qualification, um, but also everything needs to be done in order, in good order. So in concert. You know, again, the priest is to equip, and so people need to be prepared, and and there needs to be some organization around these things. We also talked about the gift of governance, too. But this is the work for everyone, because I think uh, there's a lot in our society where we are the passive recipients of something that's being provided. Yes. And I think that can affect even how we participate in things like the liturgy or the life of the church. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We can definitely we can definitely come to church as a consumer, mm-hmm. and as like a, as a passive 
ob- observant, you know, as opposed to an active participant. Yeah. You know, and so even that work of ministry in the liturgy, when the priest or the deacon offers the petition for the sick and for the suffering and for those in captivity and for their salvation, let us pray to the Lord. You know, he is setting up the, the what we're praying about, but he's calling all of the faithful to pray for that thing at that moment. Right, which is the, the case throughout throughout every service. The, right. Let us pray to the Lord. It's not the priest's line. It's not the chanter's line. It's not the the deacon's line. It's it's what the people say. And in fact, that's the prayer, right? The the priest and the deacon in in those sets of petitions. We're not doing the praying. We're just reminding us all what we should pray for together as a body. And the prayer yeah. is let us pray. It, it, the prayer is Lord have mercy. Yeah. And so yeah, exactly. It's like okay, now for this thing, let's pray. Right. And then the people all say, Lord, have mercy. Okay, now right. for this thing, let's pray. Yeah, and I think... Lord, have mercy. That's why it's a, it's a beautiful thing and a, and a powerful thing when churches pray together, especially at least the Lord, have mercies. Yeah. At least the, the Lord, have mercy should be done, not just by a choir, not just by a chanter. That's the time that the body says a prayer together. And the amens as well. Right. And with your spirit, when the priest turns and faces you and says, peace be with you, he's giving you the peace. You, as the lay people, give it back when you say, and with your spirit. Yeah, and I, that there's something, you know, there's that famous uh, phrase that gets talked about, I think, fairly often within religious circles in general, but especially within orthodox circles, you know, lex orandi, lex credendi, the mm-hmm. the the order of prayer is the order uh, or the law of prayer is the law of belief, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the law of belief Greek, is the law of prayer. Studied Greek, not Latin. Uh, but the way in which we participate or don't in the liturgy is going to affect what we think our faith is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we think our faith is, is going to affect the mm-hmm. way we participate or don't in the liturgy. And so, so there's a reinforcing cyclical thing that's going on every time we come to church Mm -hmm. Uh, the mindset affects how we pray in church and how we pray in church then reinforces that mindset and for those of us who are maybe stuck in a mindset that doesn't recognize what paul is teaching here in his letter to the ephesians that this grace is given to each one of us that yes there are those equipped for specific roles within the church but that we are all equipped for ministry for for service uh that we are all called as he says in kind of the the ending of what you read to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the son of god mm-hmm. to maturity to spiritual maturity for which nobody is responsible but but me right uh not that i get there by myself but right but i hey. can't say well if i'm spiritual and mature that's my priest's fault or whatever no, and it, it happens in community. And I think that's good back just because I want to go back to that just for a second. We don't yeah. start there. Right. It, that's not like an automatic thing. Like when you come out of the waters of baptism, you have pure and automatic unity of faith and, <laughs> and the full knowledge, you know, and maturity. Right, right. Um, yeah. That's something you we, have to grow in. Absolutely. I was just talking with somebody about this recently, and I just said, an acorn is not an oak tree. Mm-hmm. And an acorn doesn't become an oak tree overnight. No. You know? And in fact, an acorn really looks nothing like an oak tree. 
Mm-hmm. And it takes a long, long time before it even begins to resemble it, what its aim is. And then years and years and years and years before it can then bear the fruit that it is supposed to bear. Yeah. So it, it's a long process and it requires, unlike for the oak tree, it requires us investing our own energies and time in, in ensuring that we receive the spiritual light and, and water mm-hmm. and, and nutrients that we need. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's good for us as our communities to have conversations on what specifically is the role of the priest? What can the priest only do? Some of those things are very obvious. Celebrate the sacraments, you know, bear the gifts. And then, and then what is the work that everyone can do, which is quite a bit. Absolutely. The majority of the list of only what we can do is actually very few things. Yes. Um, The list of what needs to be done is quite extensive. It's very extensive. And, but, and it's also a joyful invitation. It's a joyful yes. invitation for us to participate in, all of us together. And I like, you know, when we say the word clergy, comes from the word kleronomia. Right. Inheritance. Right. But the priest is also a member of the laity. Yeah. And that's important to remember. He's a member of the body, the laos, the people of God. Right. Well, and Father Thomas Hopko actually makes the opposite point. Mm. Yes. Uh, he's, he says that everybody is part of the inheritance. Yes, that's true. That's very true. And and so I think in that same vein, right, I think Metropolitan John Zazulis uh, says that you are, as a baptized Christian, you are ordained to the rank of the laity. No, oh, yeah. Well, and that's, we don't talk about this so much in Orthodox circles, but it is a, it's an idea that has been becoming prevalent uh more in in western churches just the idea and paul talks about this of the royal priesthood right that that by by virtue of baptism we are that everyone has this ordination right a setting in order uh a calling uh to to be part of the royal priesthood that that we are all a part of the initial call that was given to adam and eve in the garden Mm -hmm. of of care of stewardship of of the things that god has entrusted to us uh offering those those gifts to to one another and to him uh and of loving him and his creation that's that's a priestly function and yeah. uh father schmemann kind of talks about that as well and in, in for the life of the world mm-hmm. that all are part of this this function of giving up to god the things that he has given us another way to think about it is in the old testament who is anointed you know, with the chrism, basically. It was the priest and the uh, king right. at some point. And then, and then the, what we, you know, what they, the sanctuary where there was the incense and things like that, only the Levites were in, and then the high priest only went into the Holy of Holies once a year. So using that as a parallel or as yeah. a type of the church, everyone is anointed with the holy chrism you know everyone that's baptized and that and that it's in the church coming into the church is anointed with the holy chrism and receives the holy eucharist and so everyone then in that sense is in the sanctuary where the, where once only the levites were um, sure yeah and then and then the clergy are in the altar all the time um not just only once a year uh, right. so everyone kind of gets pushed forward so in that way um, you know, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. When I think of those verses, and the Apostle Peter quotes those in his epistle, um, I'm thinking of um, 
that anointing that everyone receives after their yeah. baptism. So being the washed and anointed people of God, given the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of service to one another and to those um, who are yet to come in in order to build up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of the faith into maturity, uh, which yeah. is something that we are growing in. Um, and so that's that we talk about that often in orthodoxy about synergy, cooperation yeah. uh, with the Holy Spirit in that process. Yep. So, so again, I think this is, this is a good, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the details here, but I think it's good for parishes to have a conversation about this yeah. topic. Yeah. And, and, and all of you who are listening to, to think about, you know, what, what are the ways in which you have been gifted? What are mm-hmm. the things that God has, has equipped you with and mm-hmm. how can you use that to serve the church? Maybe that looks like something that is already in place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, if you've been given a, a wonderful singing voice, that's a pretty obvious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to use that is fairly obvious. Um, but maybe you have a gift that, that is something that, that your particular parish isn't doing yet and that's okay. So go talk to the priest and, and see if you can get something going, right? Mm-hmm. If you wait till somebody asks you to use your gifts, you're going to be waiting a long time because, yeah. you know, our priests, like you said, are often kind of solo in a, congregations that are pretty large. And, and while it would be great if the priest had the time and energy to sit one-on-one with every individual person on a regular basis and really get to know them and their strengths and gifts you know, that would be wonderful, but it's, it, it just doesn't happen. So talk to your priests, you know, say, Hey, I feel like I have this gift and I, and, and I have an idea of how it might be used to serve, or I don't really know how it might be used, but do you have an idea of how it might be used to serve? And, you know, the, the more people we can get, not just involved, not just doing acts of service, but excited about Mm -hmm. serving Mm -hmm. the better. That's, that's, that's a thing that's contagious. And that's what, that's what we're called to be as church. You know, we're not just supposed to sit around and pat ourselves on the back about how we're going to go to heaven someday. That's, that is never what's talked about in scripture. You know, following Christ is its own joyful struggle, but it is joyful and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's exciting. It's exciting to have that direction and that life that we can live, not caught up in our own sinful selfishness, but being able to turn out from ourselves and and look and see and serve others. Well, and when you were talking about in service of the church, I could I could almost hear some people feeling like, ah, uh, you know, um, don't look at the church in that sense as institution or organization. Right. Yeah, but as a it's body, people. a body of people, a body of yeah. fellow believers who are on the journey uh, through the wilderness to the promised land, on the journey to the kingdom of heaven, God willing. So absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, this has been a fun discussion. Uh, yeah. Where can people send questions or comments if they have any? If you have any questions or comments that you would uh, like to send in, you can email us at churchcoffeepod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 317-660-5498. You may have noticed we kind of have a little bit of a new format that we're kind of playing around with. Uh, but as always, if you do have questions you'd like us to discuss on future episodes, please continue to let us know. Thank you for listening to Church Coffee Pod. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Make sure to tell your friends that Church Coffee isn't so bad after all. Peace. Take care.